Welcome to another episode of the Wood Couture Podcast. Today I have the privilege to welcome to the Wood Couture Global HQ here in Dubai, my very dear friend Bani Haddad, founder and managing director of Alep Hospitality. Welcome to the show. Bani. Thank you, Filippo. Good to be here. Thank you. I smile because I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you always smile. I'm smiling. Uh, thank you. Thank you. For the friends that do not know Bani, which is a mistake not knowing Bani, 25 years in the hospitality industry. So many this region, I would say. Yeah, about 15 years here. 15 years here, yeah. Working with big giants like Wyndham and Dream Hotel Group. And since 2015, Halep Powerhouse. Correct, right? correct, yeah. And, and going strong. I was chatting earlier about, you know, your progress, which is great, but we get to that. Now, the curiosity is great. We want to know your journey. Why hospitality? Where, where did you all start? Well, it, it, well, first of all, thank you for a very nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, uh, listen, I've started quite, quite early in, uh, in the hospitality industry. I was about 18 years old. Uh, coming uh, originally uh, from a, a country where hospitality is in the DNA of most of the people, Lebanon. Uh, and I was naturally, uh, you know, uh, uh, directed or attracted uh, by this uh, industry. At the time, in the early in 1993, um, you know, the country was just getting out of war and uh, hospitality was still not, uh, in terms of hotels, very developed, mature. Uh, so I wanted to venture in this. A uh, couple of my connections, you know, talked a lot about it, and and I, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to go and study abroad. Uh, so I went to France uh, and and studied there hospitality, and I worked there, stayed there for ten years, um, and then moved on to uh, companies. I worked with Starwoods uh, in France and operational roles. Uh, worked with Accor. Uh, and I spent quite a number of years with a very exciting company, one of the giants, uh, Disneyland, uh, uh, where I was. I had a number of roles there uh, during during my years. And uh, you know what is interesting, Filippo, for for me, uh, which you know ultimately led to creating and founding Aleph, was that in each of these roles, after you know my MBA uh, at at uh, EMI Cornell, uh, was. Uh, there was a kind of a common thread, which was in each role was almost an entrepreneurial role, a creation of a job, uh, you know, whether it's at Disney or with, you know, when I moved to Dubai, it was with a company who had the master franchise of Holiday Inn Express. So we start, we started it, you know, I was the first employee here. Uh, and then, uh, you know, at Wyndham, I opened the office for Wyndham, you know, and we started something. And, you know, when I left, we had 49 operating hotels, uh, more than 20 in the pipeline. Uh, so that common thread of, you know, starting something new, coupled with the passion for for people, I think, uh, whether it's the guests, uh, the team members, the employees, uh, you know, all kind of converged to uh, reading a little bit the market and seeing, okay, now it was time for, uh, you know, offering a different type of hospitality management, hotel management, uh, some an alternative way. Uh, and, and that's how we created Aleph Hospitality. And uh, today I own the company with Neil George, who's another uh, industry veteran in the region. Uh, and 
listen, we're, as you said, listen, we're, we're doing extremely well. We operate 10 hotels now uh, and, and we have a pipeline of about 15. First quarter of 2022 this year, we're opening, we're in the process now of opening three hotels. And uh, we're very confident that we're going to end up the year with 17 to 19 uh, operational properties. So, yeah. So if I ask your wife, you know, I mean, uh, how Can't ask her anything. <laughs> <laughs> With your permission, yeah. is, uh, how is Bani? Who is Bani as a person? Three, three characteristics. You, you'll probably have to ask her. That's uh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I'm listen. I'm I'm a I'm a people's person. That's for sure. So I care a lot uh, about individuals, uh, and that's something which really is uh, uh, very, you know, you can sense it in the company today. Uh, and there are a couple of things I always say. First of all, to recruit someone, uh, the first, you know, uh, filter is, is it someone that I can go and have a drink with? If I cannot, then we're not going to, no matter how a star he is technically or professionally, you know. So, because we need to have this, this connection, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing, which I always repeat is, we never, we don't let our people down. So even in difficult, very difficult periods, which, you know, for if we take the last couple of years with COVID, um, the first message, my first message to all our hotel employees was, we don't let our people down, okay? You're all, even if we're shutting down the hotels, we are going to make everything possible for you to receive something so you can feed your families at the end of the month. And that's what we did. We actually, as a company, gave up um, up to half of our earned and unpaid and future fees uh, from the hotels to pay back, uh, to pay uh, the, the employees their salaries during the periods when the hotel was uh, shut down. So... Uh, definitely someone who's who's caring, uh, clearly, uh, uh, you know, uh, ambition with big plans. Uh, so uh, that's, I think, something that I hope to pass on also to my kids. Uh, and uh, yeah, listen, I don't know about the third one, but uh, good looking. <laughs> my, my wife would say good looking. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the biggest things I admire about you is that in all these years, even in my previous life as a consultant, you never had a bad word for no one. Mm. Even for the one that you knew or don't know that it was an obvious case, you never had uh, a bad word for anybody. Mm. You never had... Uh, uh, you never talked badly about no one. Even probably people that, to you as an operator, you know, mm. losing out or say, oh, they are no good, but you never had a bad word. You always been fair and polite and professional mm. with everyone, even in a in a back of house chat. And I admire that because uh, you know, I mean, uh, nowadays there's a lot of people that are ready to jump off and, mm. and judge. You never judge anybody. Uh, uh, Thank you. Yeah, I'm listening again. Uh, we 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 care. That's that's the most important thing, right? You know, especially in our industry, you know, we, we no matter when you look at the hospitality industry, no matter how you turn, all the constituents are people who need attention, who need to feel uh, that you're credible, you, they can trust you. So whether it's the guest, whether it's the employee, whether it's the investor, 
they you know you need to have this relationship this strong human relation uh, with with everyone and it's also you know no matter how big the industry it's actually very small right so one day or another today you're a competitor to tomorrow you know someone is buying another one and you become uh, colleagues and uh, yeah so. now in your journey in your career at various company has there been somebody that has been your mentor, somebody that you picked a lot, the style, mm. the, the know-how? They, they were always, like anyone, I guess, uh, you know, uh, a number of people who really uh, I tried to follow their footsteps. Uh, but, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting very, very close to my 50s. And uh, so I'm reaching this uh, this age where... Uh, I'm starting to seeing things differently. So there are a lot of people uh, I can thank and in, in previous interviews and articles I did. So there are great people like Eric Danziger, who was the president of Wyndham, Jan Kayer, who was the CEO of uh, Disney and Accor. Uh, there are certain general managers I worked with when I was young who were really inspiring. Uh, but, you know, as I'm now, uh, in this period of my life, I'm going to tell you something. I'm more and more inspired by uh, people who uh, not necessarily uh, have great positions, but sometimes, you know, we meet so many investors and they tell us about their journey, how they started with, you know, selling eggs on the road, you know, uh, selling flights to their friends, and then they become these giant companies, massive companies, and they remain extremely humble. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, the people who inspire me, who uh, have had personal difficulties, family tragedies, uh, but then they still come to work to make a living with a big, massive smile. And today, that's what inspires me the most. These people who, you know, overcome challenges or make something big from very little. That's today where I am in, in my period of life. <laughs> Do you know what? It's, I think that's the story of Lebanon. Uh, uh, I, I see a lot of Lebanese friends, uh, you know, I mean, and colleagues and industry peers, you know, I mean, that. Uh, it's a lot, as I always said, the country as a whole. And uh, I know uh, you guys went through from a war to, you know, the worst mm, happening like the last two years, uh, I mean, uh, it bombs and this and that. But, but you see this, breaks, yeah. You stand up, you move on, and yeah. uh, you got big boys yeah, like yeah. the guy in Mexico. You know, it's true, multi-billionaire. True. Yeah. I mean, the, the chairman of uh, Nissan, that. Yeah. The boom, boom, big boys. Shalhubinia, big guys. I Absolutely, mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you got yeah, a DNA yeah, which yeah. is bulletproof. <laughs> No, but listen, and, and, and I wasn't referring to only to the Lebanese. Of course, you have amazing, uh, but, uh, you know, in our day to day, you have uh, people here from, from Dubai who, who have, you know, uh, uh, you know, can, can you have amazing stories. Uh, we have employees in our hotels in Africa who, you know, again, you know, you just want to sit and say, how do you do it with all the difficulties that you have? How do you come and, you know, keep going on, smiling, you know, providing amazing <laughs> guest service? You look at other investors, they tell you their journey, how their parents immigrated somewhere and then they started literally. I mean, one of them just uh, now I am keep on thinking about the story, but, you know, walking four kilometers for years selling eggs, you know, and then they started growing the business, other selling bicycles, other. It's unbelievable. And these are the stories of, I think, 
boils down probably uh, to perseverance, you know, and people who really want to make uh, a change. Uh, and and any story around this today is for me extremely inspiring <laughs> <laughs> and set an example. Yeah, right? but it's uh, you know it's uh, it's fantastic to hear these stories because yeah, these yeah. are the real business. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, yes, yes. Uh, is there any? lesson of life that you learn or something that you did around they say you know what that changed my life or changed the way i'm doing things your best failures well yeah best failures uh, is is probably not being uh, not having been fair to some some uh, people uh, probably uh, in some stories so that that and again coming it comes back maybe to to the people uh, aspect but it always, uh, you know, at one point or another, uh, what 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 goes around comes around, and sometimes you say, you know, maybe I I overreacted, or so I'm very emotional by by character by nature, uh, and sometimes I overreact, uh, and clearly, you know, some of these failures or or setbacks or things I regret were clearly based on on this aspect of me. Uh, you know, overreacting to certain situations, but you know, privilege of the age. I'm getting over this. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you think you reach a midlife crisis? You uh, do something crazy? Midlife crisis is forty, right? So I'm oh, I'm beyond oh, this. I'm beyond oh, this now. What did you ask you? Is now that you are a businessman, is your way of thinking differently? For sure, for sure. What do you do differently you didn't do before? L- many things, many things, and and you know, uh, as as a hospitality uh, individual, the fir- you know, I was working for brands and hotel brands all my life, uh, and uh, even when we were managing hotels, compared to how we manage hotels now, is completely different. Why? Because. A couple of reasons, and and the main one is because, as you said, today we own the business. It's our money, uh, it's it's our fate. Uh, but also that allowed us directly to align ourselves with the owners and the investors in these hotels. But because all of a sudden we're not protecting the interest of a brand, or or which is you know we were doing our jobs, and there's nothing wrong in that. Uh, but you know, aligning yourself with the interest of the business without having any other potential uh, conflict of interest is probably the major uh, the major change in my professional life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my professional life, at least, um, that I, that's the major major one. Uh, but and and the other the other thing. Which change? I'm not sure if if uh, ev- uh, my wife is happy with that. Is yeah. you probably start working uh, much longer. You w- one of the first motivation of every entrepreneur is to say, "I'll manage my own time." You know, I can do what I want. But then you end up if you're really committed to your business, and you, I'm sure you know this, you'll end up working much, much more. <laughs> Uh, so for that, listen, I uh, I think uh, uh, I, I'm grateful to have a family like I have, a wife like uh, the one I have, because, mm, or I always say in the journey of an entrepreneur, if you don't have the social support, the family support, uh, then something is missing, and you're maxima, you're you're increasing your risks uh, to failure, basically. 
imagine in the, you brought up something interesting, you know, in, in the subject family and also wife, you mentioned wife and uh, that we all have and, uh, you, know, in, uh, you know, in the subject of gender equality. How does it make you feel when you hear stories about people that, you know, look at women like a commodity and not necessarily valuable? What hey, goes through your mind? Listen, I ha- we have, I have two daughters uh, and uh, it, it, it would kill me, you know, if... Uh, once they reach the the uh, the age of looking for a job, someone wouldn't consider them because they're a woman. Because I know that they are as capable as anyone else. So I've made it the point to uh, uh, keep as much equality as possible in our company. Actually, we have appointed our first female general managers three, you know, two years ago, uh, right before uh, COVID awesome. in Africa uh, for the Ramada in Addis Ababa, that we were very proud of this, uh, of this hire. Um, and we have uh, the, one of the first employees actually who joined uh, Aleph, our VP marketing at the time when we created Aleph, Rose Money, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, female. So when we've kept it today, we have, uh, we have uh, three uh, female, very senior in human resources, PR marketing, and and, and and the office management. So we're and we're looking to hire uh, to hire more. So I mean, right before we started, we were discussing you know uh, us looking for a development uh, individual, and you know I was just before coming here, I was telling Neil, you know maybe you know the best thing for us is to focus on having um, a woman because. In many ways, I feel that they are more capable uh, in certain, you know, and establishing connection, maintaining relationships, you know, going after, you know, and uh, uh, what they want, you know. Uh, so we're all for this. We support this, um, and uh, honestly, I would hate. The fact if someone goes and tells my daughters, you know, or insinuates that they should be paid less. Uh, or, or not get the job because they're women. So uh, the reality is today we don't have written policies, and I'm actually against having written policies uh, for on that subject because I just feel this. Once you start writing something like that, that you're creating already uh, a sense of uh, inequality. Uh, but listen, we're we're as an organization, I, we've demonstrated a number of times uh, in in all of our hotels to try and maintain the equality. So that's a very important subject. Now, um, when you you were in the previous job just before Aleph, is um, at what point did you decide to say, you know what, I have enough? Now is the time that I'm gonna do. Yeah. What spark was that? Yeah, it, it, I think, it, again, it, I probably, uh, as I told you, you know, with all the uh, uh, positions uh, that I had, uh, there was always something new. So with Wyndham specifically, I opened the office here, started it, you know, first year I was working from home, there was no office, up until, you know, we started picking up. Etc. So, uh, you know, and and. Eight years after the business stabilized, the company became, you know, very part of a very large corporate and we started functioning as a part of a very large corporate company. And that started, you know, decreasing my interest in, in such a function. But most importantly, Filippo, um, uh, it, it is the market needs in uh, what made me start thinking, okay, now is the time to create an independent management company. 
in uh, uh, in the region. Uh, one, as as a company, Wyndham, we wanted to franchise. I mean, we were primarily franchising, right? We were not always finding the right operators. Uh, but I knew that the other, most of the other brands uh, also wanted to franchise. But there was, again, no, no independent, properly, fully-fledged setup operator uh, in the region who can run a Wyndham, a Four Points, you know, a Novotel. There wasn't any. So we, and that's really, and I was seeing that, listen, the market is maturing in the US, in Europe. All of these markets went through the same uh, cycle. Uh, today, independent third-party operators are the, you know, 70% of the hotels are managed under this model in the US, 72%. In Europe, it's about 30-35% and it's increasing. So it is bound to come to this part of the world. Uh, I can start feeling the change. It's the time to do it. I want to be the first. I want to have the first mover's advantage. Uh, and, you know, you have to take the jump. Do you think that you've been quite pioneering, you saw the opportunity coming and you took it at the right time? Listen, the, the, it depends. No, yeah, a few, people, mean, a, few, a few people did, tried, and I think tried. did and tried. Uh, it probably, some, peop, some companies came and established themselves in Africa, for example, from Europe, from the UK. They just didn't succeed. Uh, what, what Aleph has, I think, is one patience. It's an industry, you know, we're not into trading. You know this business very well. We're not the hospital. We're not into trading in the sense that you need to invest a lot for a long time before you start seeing some revenues. And even when you start seeing the revenues coming in, you know, these are management contracts which are for the long term. So your yearly revenues from one hotel are not enough to sustain a company, right? So... Uh, I went in and I knew that I needed to sustain for three, four years at least before start to build the pipeline for the hotels to open, you know, to generate enough cash. So one, if you didn't, people who didn't have enough patience, I think, uh, uh, didn't succeed. Uh, the second element I think is having was having the right people on board with me, people who believed in the project, people who believed that we could succeed, and that's what the market needs. Now. Could we have done it two or three years later and saved some money? Maybe. Uh, but I don't regret. I think it was the perfect timing. Some people say you were a bit too early. But I think if we didn't do it at that time, we wouldn't have gained the momentum we have now. And today we're the leading uh, independent hotel management company in the Middle East and Africa. And I don't think we would have achieved this if we hadn't started back in 2015. You know. So When you thought about setting up Aleph, obviously, this, like any business, you've got a million things to think about it. Yeah. Is there something to say, oops, <laughs> I should have thought of better or differently, that later on, eventually, you realize that, you know, hmm, it wasn't quite right? Yeah, listen, you, may, you, make, a lot of, you make a lot of mistakes. Um, uh, so whether it is in terms of investments, first of all, you, you know, you probably try to tend to spend money initially on things which don't, necessarily generate revenues or, or have a direct impact on the business uh, but and especially for someone who's coming from a corporate environment so uh, it takes time to adapt a little bit to the entrepreneurial startup uh, mode so you want things to function like a corporate 
uh, company. Um, so I would say maybe certain initial investments were not 100%, uh, you know, um, could, could have been avoided probably, but that isn't, that, that, that's okay. Uh, you know, certain... Uh, elements of how uh, I dealt maybe with uh, with uh, potential clients as well. Again, not having the hundred percent humble attitude of a startup, but you know, trying to replicate the corporate big American company uh, attitude or style of doing business. Uh, so it might it could have maybe you know avoided me or or helped me win more contracts at the early stages if I haven't tried to replicate this. But generally speaking, I don't. I, it, it went okay. Listen, you always have the chance. It's it's a quite a dynamic market, uh, Middle East and Africa. Uh, we have really great connections, great relationships, uh, and it helped us you know go through uh, go through this very. I would say relatively smoothly save for the COVID period which was a big hit for everyone but otherwise we're, we're quite pleased with with the trajectory that we took when you started this you know the very moment that you know you go your name your company sorted and that which is the big the big dream that you have in your mind and oh the big dreams yeah what is the, what is the biggest dream for, for Alan? Be, being the leading manage, hotel management company in the Middle East and Africa, and that still is. And, uh, You're right, yeah. Well, we're, we're the leading so independent. Like the and, how big is this dream? Uh, listen, no, no, the dream is mu much bigger. So, uh, so we're operating 10 hotels uh, now, uh, and our goal is by uh, end of 2025 or mid 2026 to have a minimum of 50 operating uh, hotels that's our that's our goal uh, now you know if you take the geography where we operate I'm always telling the team listen if africa alone has 56 57 countries you add the middle east if you add if you put one if we manage to secure one hotel in each of these countries <laughs> Right, we're we're set. How how difficult can it be? Now that's a simplistic way of looking at it. You might tell me, uh, but the reality is, every time Filippo we're entering a market, uh, we start with one hotel, and then immediately we start multiplying it. Why? Because people see us; they see the good job we're doing. We establish strong local uh, relationships. And in our business model, the independent third-party operator, this is the key. You know, having foot on the ground understanding the local market, having the right relationships. So you take Ethiopia, we started with one. We're with, now we have three and another three in the pipeline. Uh, Kenya, we started with one. We have four operating now with another uh, three in the pipeline, etc., etc. Every country we enter, we're multiplying. So, uh, so we maintain our goal of keeping our position as the leading independent uh, hotel management company in, in the region. That, that's my dream. Is, is it fair to, us to say that you started by managing in the most complex markets uh, like Africa, you know, in terms of maturity and so forth? So for you, managing in, you know, UAE, Saudi mm. and that is probably an easier Task, it, well, it, it, well, it is, and it is not only because we have we are managing in much more difficult uh, environments, uh, but it is much easier because 
coming to think of it, Aleph Hospitality is a Dubai-born uh, uh, company. We are based here, uh, as you mentioned at the uh, uh, at the beginning. You know, I've spent most of my career, professional career here now, uh, over 15 years here. Uh, so is Neil. So is the rest of our. Uh, team members, we're all we've all had a lot of experience in the Middle East and in Dubai specifically. So, and we've operated hotels here uh, previously. So, we understand the market. We are from here. Aleph is a Dubai company, so uh, that that makes it easy uh, for us. Now, of course, you add to it now our additional experience of managing in difficult markets remote, uh, whether from a supply chain, whether from a labor perspective, etc., and country or security, political instability, etc., in Africa, that makes it heaven here for us. Obviously, you sit in between, next to the owner, and let's say on one side, and then on the other side you've got the hotel operator, which is... The hotel brand. Hotel brand, yes, hotel brand. <laughs> yeah, true, very true. Yeah, this is very easy because you see, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. also misconception. It is, know? it is. Yeah. You know, so you have a brand there. You are the operator, and then there is the owner on this side. Um, what would you say is the challenge for an operator nowadays? In the, the main challenges. An operator or a brand. Operator. An operator. The cha- the challenge depends on. Uh, yes. So it depends. Listen, it depends on the on the geography, of course. Uh, 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 there are a number of uh, challenges today, uh, following COVID, uh, or as we're you know exiting COVID in the Middle East. One of the main challenges is going to be uh, sourcing uh, uh, team members. Uh, you know, Europe is already feeling it. Uh, what happened, unfortunately, uh, and I hope our industry will learn uh, from this, what happened is because of many hotels and restaurants shut down, they let go most of their staff who left for other opportunities in different uh, industries. And, you know, now that the hotel hospitality is opening back again, they don't want to come back. So this is uh, going to be this is going to be definitely a challenge, uh, reattracting, retraining uh, people to provide the proper service for the guests. That's that's definitely one. The second uh, challenge that I uh, continue to see since a number of years now continues to be distribution uh, and how brands uh, and operators are always going to be challenged versus the uh, online travel agencies. Uh, That continues to be uh, the case and questioning whether do you really need a brand or an operator where anyway your hotel can be filled by someone else and and you know it's someone who's taking the business from you and putting it in you so that's still clearly a challenge and 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 the latest uh, the the final one i think is um uh, innovation and how uh, are is the hotel industry going to innovate itself uh, its processes uh, you know and and not only from a technological aspect but also from a human uh, aspect from a security aspect from um, a, a an environmental social all of these uh, areas need to be innovated, uh, changed, so we keep up with the other industries. Uh, and uh, so what, what we have done at Aleph Hospitality, I don't know if you, you know this, but we've launched, uh, we've created uh, an innovation lab. 
and what we're what we're doing is we've we've called we did the first round and we've called uh, startups uh, and what we wanted to come and work and so we're going to provide them a number of things we're going to provide them office space meeting rooms the entire admin infrastructure uh, that's one thing. We're going to provide them marketing, PR support. Uh, we're going to provide them um, the um, uh, access, most importantly, to our hotels so they can launch and test their products in our hotels. We're going to provide them you know, support and financial business modeling uh, as well. Uh, and a little, some time from Neil and myself to coach them. And the five areas, there are five areas where we said, you know, we want innovation companies to come and we're going to give you all these guys. We're not asking for anything, just come. Um, one is, of course, artificial intelligence. As long as uh, any of these innovation has an application in the travel and tourism industry, we want you to come. So, and you will benefit from all of uh, the, the things I've mentioned. So, artificial intelligence, of course, it, uh, is is one of the areas. We have uh, also food and beverage, uh, but we also have uh, social uh, innovation and human resources or employee satisfaction uh, innovation and sustainability, of course. So, these five areas. Uh, we, we identified them as extremely important for our industry and areas we need really to uh, uh, help not only Aleph, but the entire industry, you know, to move forward. So we've uh, started, you know, we've had a lot of interest from uh, from Dubai-based, you know, uh, companies or startups. We've had a lot of interest from hospitality schools in Europe uh, and, and some other places as well. And uh, so we're really pleased to offer this uh, for, for people. We've had our first round. We've selected already two uh, startups. Uh, and uh, we're going to launch a second round to onboard now a uh, few more. So, Well, that's a great idea, Betisa. I guess all your owner will benefit from this. Absolutely, it's, yes. Uh, yes. Know, it's yeah. a bleeding innovation to drive. Online, we're going to benefit from it because they're gonna test we go but so for us there are a number of benefits of course our hotels will hopefully benefit from these new products and services um, it also brings to our culture as a company uh, this innovation uh, aspect which is very important you know uh, because everyone in the company is involved in wow. helping them in one way or another uh, giving them some perspective. So it keeps us, in a way, on our toes, you know. Uh, and, of course, the guys, you know, the startups, you know. Imagine from one day to another, you, Filippo, uh, you have a startup, and I come, come, I have, now, I have 10 hotels, you can launch it. I'm not asking you for anything. There's no bid going on. There's no <laughs> negotiation. Just come, launch it, test it. The general managers, the teams will give you feedback to adjust, etc. Then tomorrow, when you want to sell it, you can go and say, you know, I already have it in 10 hotels. Imagine, that's, that's, a an, that's an amazing... It is a, a true collaborative business it is. model, yeah. which is great. Now, uh, how... You're a businessman now, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, obviously, but at the same time, you are an operator and, uh, you know, an hotelier. Mm. You know, you are all under one roof. And uh, how do you make sure that all you own get your attention, your time? Well, that's the promise number one we make to our owners is that we are, uh, we are extremely approachable uh, and that's the beauty of a human-sized company. So 
you see we will our goal in five years is to have an, around 50 operating properties so we will always remain a human-sized organization um, and why people are coming to work uh, or choosing us as an operator is because we are very approachable uh, we are available all the time uh, and you know we don't have big boards and processes etc they go, they visit their hotels, there's something they don't like, or they have a comment, or, you know, they, they just pick up the phone and call us, you know. Uh, we've also done something which is really great, up to my knowledge, doesn't exist in the industry. We've created an Aleph Hospitality app, uh, which gives our owners uh, immediate access to what's going on in their hotels. So they just open the app, they can see what performance yesterday uh the month before etc in terms of occupancy revenue rates etc the hotel uh, achieved they can see the forecast for the next three months they can see the guest satisfaction comments they can see what the competition is doing you know so we've put most of the elements or if not all their pnl they can see it just by sitting you know he's having a coffee he can just open the app Look at the numbers of uh, his hotel. And then, listen, I mean, we travel a lot. We're very close personally to uh, to our owners. Uh, and, and similarly to our first filter of employing a uh, someone saying, can I go have a drink with him? Uh, it is also true for our hotel investors and owners. Uh, if, we, if we can't feel that we uh, are able to go and have uh, lunch or dinner or drinks with them, uh, it makes it difficult for uh, for us, and the reason is uh, you you've done this much more than I did, uh, Philippe. Or you know that, and, and there's everyone says you know hotel management agreement is like a marriage, right? It's a long term relationship. It's we're talking about fifteen twenty years, and in these fifteen twenty years, anyone who tells you that the relationship will always be perfect every single day of these fifteen years is a liar. So, uh, but but the fundamentals have to be there, and for us. If we don't feel that the day we have an issue with this specific owner, we can resolve it uh, and, and he will accept that we will make mistakes. I'm not saying we are perfect. We will make mistakes in 15 years, but he will also make things which, you know, will we will not ha be happy with. If we are not close enough to to bridge these gaps or to overcome these challenges, then it, it, there's no point of having a deal uh, or a relay business relationship. So uh, uh, these are the fundamentals of the relationship. So always available. We travel a lot. We make it a point uh, to go and see them physically, uh, have meetings with them. Uh, you know, if if not uh, once a month, but at least once a quarter. Uh, that that's extremely important for us. What is something that you will never compromise? What is something that you will never compromise? Oh, ethics, ethics, ethics. Uh, be transparent, ethical. That is. That is our, you know, uh, kind of guiding principle. Responsible? What about sustainability? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, listen, again, I, I mentioned that part of the social the social responsibility environmental. So uh, we, we that's something which is very important. We've completed now an internal program. Uh, so we're coming up with our Aleph 
environmental you know guidelines uh, we've realized that you know you know we work with branded hotels uh, but we also have a portfolio of unbranded hotels now the internationally branded hotels will always have some directives from uh, the international uh, the international brands which we have to follow but the non-branded ones don't have anything so we've created something uh, which can be adapted uh, for uh, for all of these hotels and that's something which we're launching actually uh, next month so if i give you a, a marker what message would you write on this screen for, for everybody out there um, it depends on the audience, but uh, I'll probably, you know, I'm in the mood of perseverance these days. <laughs> <laughs> Never, give up. Never give up, you know. Yeah. Bunny, as I always said at the very beginning, you are an absolute gentleman. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. I can stay here all day. Thank you. I appreciate it, Filippo. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you.